Everything I spit rare, we sound in that great area podcast. They talk about hip hop all the way in the UK, so they gon' get props. Ooh, let me catch it, let me catch it once again. Every time we Before we start this uh this this special edition episode, let's let's just congratulate little Sims on the, the Mercury Prize Award. I think um I think we need to well, not we, I think people need to not be referring to her as one of the top female rappers or UK rappers. I think we just need to start talking about her as one of the best artists any genre in the world right now. She's incredible. Facts. Well yeah. deserved. Start it on a positive note. Keep yeah. it positive if we can. Hundred percent. We try our best. <laughs> we try our best. Yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. I think I think we're gonna try remain in a positive place because you know, leading in straight from that. You know, this episode is going to be about the UK and two albums that have come out in the last couple of weeks or months. I don't, mm. I don't really know how long it's been. We but... actually scheduled this album before those two albums dropped as well. So yeah. it was a bit more of a negative state when we planned this episode. Well, I don't, I don't know about that, but Lawyer uh, Karna at the end of his uh, Chucky interview, if you haven't seen it, it's called The Checkup. He said the same thing about someone, the lead singer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, how that, that guy raps sometimes, he sings and whatever, but it's just music. He's an artist. And I think... That is the kind of mindset we need to apply to quite a few UK musicians because, yeah, realistically, we've got a lot of artists here that happen to rap rather than rappers who want to be artists, if that makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's it. For sure, for sure. But to keep on a positive note, let's start with Lil Khan's new album, Hugo. Guys, I'm so impressed with this album. I'm loving this album. Mind blown. It's, it's work of art. It is brilliant. I am so impressed, man. man. It's just the I, I, mood right now, for me anyway. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. You know, I, I can't relate to some of the things. Right but... Now, but I'm impressed by how introspective he is for such a young man. I didn't realise he was like, you know, 25, 26. He's, he's our age. No, he's 28. He's 28. He's 28. Oh, he's 28. 28. Yeah, okay. 28. It's <laughs> impressive though. Still, man. it's impressive. He's so impressive. We don't get albums like this out of artists, you know, until, you know, whatever age Kendrick is. Kendrick's in his, what, mid-30s, I think? Oh, for real, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's true. For, for him to be on his third album and coming coming at it like this with this level of artistry, I, I'm very impressed. That's That was my first opinion, because I'll be honest, we're going to get onto this probably now, actually. You know, my first introduction to Loyal Kano is, is some, you know, drunk white guy in a smoking area being like, I don't really like rap music, but I love Loyal Kana. And, <laughs> and, and the second that's the first introduction to me, I'm out. I don't care who, <laughs> who you are, how good you are. That I don't, I don't need that. You know what I mean? So that was my first introduction. And I, I, just, I just couldn't, I couldn't take it seriously after that. I just it wasn't couldn't. me, was it? No, it wasn't you. It wasn't oh, good. You. This was, this was <laughs> <laughs> this is like 20, 2014, 2013, maybe. Yeah, I used to get quite drunk back then. That's why I was checking. <laughs> but, that, but, but that's quite early. That's very early. Oh, yeah. That's but, well early. But, but, but back then, I wasn't trying to hear all that. I really wasn't trying to hear all that. I was lost in like section boys and, you know, all those people. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is this? You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Well, maybe I was you're, in a different on. listening maybe experience. Maybe this way. is like 2017 times. Maybe. No, no, it's 2013. 2013. I remember it vividly. I'm... Let me check what what songs. Well, whoever you were speaking to is like they must have like known Loyal Kana because I swear he had like one EP around that time. Fuck knows. I don't know who that 20, was. 2014. Is. He had his. He released his first EP. So, um, anyway, what about what about Kieran or Theo? When what was your introduction to him? I think I think my one was the Madlib tune for yesterday's gone 
Correct me if I'm, is that true? Is there is there a song that Madly produced? What? No. Hang on, what is no, going on? This is no. This Sam's is listened, Sam's heard of Lord Connor in 2013. Kieran's hearing Madly songs from what? Hang on. Wait, no. <laughs> no. Let me tell the truth. 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 Me tell the truth. It wasn't 2013, 2014. It was 2015 or 2016. Because okay. from that that conversation is where I found Slow Tie. Found out about Slow Tie. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. And then I realized I'd already heard Tea and Biscuits. Because so I was like, oh, let me check on my Spotify. I was like, oh, I listened to Tea and Biscuits. Oh, you know about Slowtai. Oh. And, you know, this guy was from the Midlands. So he was gassed. But Lord Karnan's not from the Midlands. Like, he was just saying he doesn't listen to much rap apart from people that are local to him type thing. Okay. But, yeah. I don't know. 2013, 2015 is all the same fucking time. That fucking <laughs> weird period of life. That time. Kieran, Kieran's been listening to the Mad Live Lil Kana off the hard drive. No, no, no. Stop, it. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. I got, I got confused in it. I think it was that song, um, The Son of Aaron or something like that. I think it's the first tune. Isle of Aaron. Yeah, yeah. Isle of Aaron, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is the thing. I don't, I don't, I didn't, the thing is, I don't know Lil Kana that well until this album, I'm going to be honest. And like, okay. literally like today was the first time I went back to the first two albums and like understood them. Right, um, right. I think I did try them at, at the time, but it just wasn't, grabbing me but yeah i love aaron i think because uh it's the same sample as that dre track on compton mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah i think it's it's all on me which obviously i love that one so yeah, that's a good tune yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's like back end of yeah, 2016 yeah. then yeah yeah so okay. it was actually early to be fair but yeah, yeah. i was, I was not day. a fan i've got to say I, I, I was only a fan after this new album oh wow okay what about you Theo? um, um no i actually found him um well probably recently can't remember which song it is, but it's off the second, it's off his second album or EP or whatever it, um, I'm trying to think of what it is. Basically, it was on my, you know, the Spotify sort of listens and it came up and was like, oh, who's this? And then I started checking them out. I thought, oh, this guy's good because I had never heard of him before because I'm not going to lie, um, I haven't heard of him. But saying that though, that's actually like, I hadn't heard of his music because I actually did see him on like a couple of interviews and I noticed that he was a Liverpool fan. So I did have a bit of a like a, Link oh. there, but yeah, in yeah. terms of music, no, it was it wasn't until on the second album, and then obviously it just this album just blown me out. Album right, right. Ones, so, yeah, okay. Like... Yeah, I did. I my intro to him was probably actually no. I I feel like I heard a, a freestyle, um, maybe like twenty sixteen times, but when I can vividly remember first hearing him was just after the first album dropped because I was doing one of my like searches for music and I saw that it was getting a good critical reception. Um, and I really liked the first album. I thought it was like a great introduction to him as a person. I love that with a debut album when you like kind of get to know that person, their upbringing, who their influences were up until that point. Um, and like what their, I guess what their aspirations are. He kind of gave us all that on that first album. Um, but it didn't like connect with me like say a Kendrick did or a, uh, trying to think of some other examples. But you know, I, w- I wouldn't say I was like a super fan after hearing it. And then album two I felt was... I don't know, correct me if you think I'm wrong. I felt like it was kind of an extension of the debut. I wouldn't call it a step back, but it wasn't mm. like progression. Um, if anything, I feel like some of, from what the response was to that album, it was a bit, um, I don't know, it was, it was in terms of like the energy and the tone, it was a bit samey throughout. It didn't have the, I guess the, the, the highs and the, you know, the tracks like the Isle of Arons and the no CDs and things. There like was no the high energy. I don't, I don't think there's any high energy tracks. Very little. There were, I think, is it Ice Water? Is that one of the tracks? On there? Oh yeah. Wait, up. that one's that one, that one. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. a, yeah, that's a tune. But yeah, I think that one, it was just like, like I say, an, an extension. So I liked Loyal Kana. I bought, I bought his music and things like that, but I would never, I wasn't really a, 
I don't feel like I connected to him until this one. This one just hit straight away. I knew there was something with the singles, but it was one of those ones where you yeah. need to hear the album in totality to really 100%. get the singles. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm blown away by this one. This is a, a great album. But um, just what I was saying about the energy and the tone of the second album, I feel like talking about the production on here could be a good place to start. I mean, do we think this is his most expansive and varied project to date in terms of the sound? Speaking of somebody who hasn't really listened to much Loyal Kana, right? Mm. I think this is one of the most cinematic albums I've heard without the overt kind of attempt at being cinematic, if that makes Using sense. Using strings and stuff like mm. that to make it, yeah, I get yeah, you. Yeah, it, it, it builds, it grows. Every song is like its own, It's like every song's like an episode in a TV show. You know how in a TV show it's like, it's, it's either one of those ones where it's one continued story, so it's like an endless movie, mm. or each single episode is its own, you know, mini movie type thing. And that's mm -hmm. what each one of these songs feels like to me. So you know, kind of thinking on what you said about progression. I haven't heard any of the progression, but I have heard this album and gone, oh, fuck, this is this is like one of the most cinematic albums I've ever heard, if that mm. makes sense. Okay. Kieran and Theo, tell me if you think I'm wrong or if I'm missing anything. But what I would say, Sam, is like, it felt like up until this point, Loyal Karna's music was loungy, like lounge rap. You know what I mean? Had that chill oh, vibe. Yeah, I, I completely agree mm -hmm. with you yeah. with that. 100%. That, 100%. That, is the, that is the vibe that when, like I said, when I first got introduced, that's the sort of that nice chill uh, vibe. It's even with his flows and the way how he, like, um, he delivers his delivery as well. Like and the nice stuff he's saying too. Yeah, the lyrics are always like inoffensive stuff, mm. but the first... Well, I'm, I'm jumping a bit, but like the first track yeah. is so shocking how like he's like, I hate this, I hate this, I hate yeah. this. It, it well, really this, yeah. This album's urgent, right? This is like straight to the point in your face. Um, it's interesting you say cinematic as well. This is a, I might be way off on this and just tell me to stop if I am, but has anyone here seen the film Annihilation? Yeah, love that film. Yeah, we were, talk yeah, we were talking about that on Monday, yeah. but yeah. We yeah. were, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you brought it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that in the first track, um, hey, there are some sort of like synth stabs towards the end, I think. Right. Where it's like, doo -doo 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 -doo, mm. like that. Yeah. And it sounds like that droney kind of sound, like the soundtrack of that film. I don't know why it reminds me of that, but for you to say cinematic, it, yeah, that, that that's cool. And then also the, is it, what's the song on here? Is it plastic? Or yeah. I just complete? Yeah. Well, the, the beginning, yeah. isn't the beginning of that with all the like kind of like news clips type yeah. thing? Yeah. That, that it song. Is. I'm that sure it is because, really cinematic. Um, because he talks about, I'm sure that, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's the song, Plastic. Where, where Plastic's it got that funky yeah. bass line. Yeah, And, has, then, it, and yeah. then there's a break in it where it, it again, these weird sort of droney simps come in um, that, again, remind me of the soundtrack of that film. But, yeah, I, I agree with you, it's cinematic. And, but also, and I didn't, right, I didn't pick up on this until I heard Loyal Karner himself say it, but he was talking about how they were kind of inspired by video games um, and that, like, the album is a journey. And it's almost like at each song you're completing a level. Right. And at the end of the first track, that kind of abrupt ending was like, oh, mission complete, onto the next one. Quite cool. I, I never picked that up mm, until he said it, whereas now I'm thinking of it like that. It, it's like going through these stages, a little bit like Kendrick's with the therapy sessions and things like that. Mm. And there are parallels to Kendrick's album here as well. Um, well I, I think, think you can't he, deny the fact that, that Loyal has said himself, and I think any rapper nowadays is like, I listen to Kendrick, you know, and Kendrick does push... The culture forward he is you know I, I obviously i'm coming fresh off the gas of seeing him live but like kendrick is is the best right now he pushes the culture forward mm -hmm. and everybody kind of not mimics what he's doing but definitely 
has an affinity to do what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. like uh, almost like a subconscious or unconscious influence, right? Yeah, he sets a bar and then you and then artists kind of follow. It was interesting. I know we are kind of skipping now, but there were. I think on what, maybe one of the last tracks, Loyal literally says, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah, and I, 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 like, I, 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 I just thought I just thought he was doing straight away when he yeah, said that. Yeah. Yeah. But not yeah. even in like a biting way. Yeah. Like I just, it was just not all. It made it sense just, in this universe. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, so like, looking Kieran, at, you think again, he's building just, a universe with this album? Like he's building like a... Like a I, I, I genuinely think like most good artists do have their own like universe they live in and they they bring us into that world as well and i mm. think this album especially i finally understood like the world loyal lives in mm. and yeah does that does that make sense and i think he's really like explained it so much more than yesterday's gone mm -hmm. and the previous one yeah i think with this one and i don't want to jump ahead too much but i think he's always been um introspective and honest and um quite raw with his lyrics but i always felt it was from an internal place and more like i this this has happened to me and this is how it has made me feel um and he would talk about you know he's had his mum on albums and he's spoken about other people in his life but this one it felt bigger it felt like okay this is why i experience this is how it makes me feel but why and this isn't only mm. happening to me it's happening to the community and Jigewa is bigger. Everything's bigger yeah. with this album. And, and he added the why in it, which was the yeah, yeah, part. yeah. And and back to the production. I mean, if you go through, you got hate. Nobody knows Georgetown. Speed of plight. Throughout all those four songs, it's it's not until Homerton where I go, oh, this sounds like a Loyal Karna song. Yeah. Those four mm -hmm. tracks before, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is different. And it was just refreshing to hear him, not just on, uh, I guess, on production like this, but just coming from a more i think i said it already like an urgent place it was like no i've got i've got a lot to say but i'm going to get to the point and i'm just i, I guess like there's, there's there seems to be more passion here as well the delivery is different it's the hunger. i think yeah I, yeah i think something that i didn't really realize without having watched a certain interview the the bbc radio 6 one was the fact that this album was made in sequence which I feel like is what mm. leads to it feeling like such a nice mm -hmm. little journey because, you know, it's like, do one song, do the next song. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, as in everything inspired everything else. But at the same time, he said he had like a plan for the album, if that makes sense. Which is, to me, I know he's a, for, a forbidden name, yeah, but it's almost Kanye levels of of album construction here or, you know, you know Tame Impala levels of of mm -hmm. construction of having a theme or having a, a guiding star rather than be like, oh, I've made all these songs, let's try and mash them all together. And I'm sure plenty of other artists do this type of thing. But, you know, for, for him to say it out loud and for me to have listened to the album a couple of times before knowing that, I was like, ah, that's what's different here. Mm -hmm. Do you know, mm -hmm. that is in, it's not just you being yourself, but it's you going through the album with us at the same time rather than mm -hmm. throwing it all together. Yeah, yeah. And, and it feels like he, um, the engineer who, I'm sorry, I've forgotten your name, and the producer Quez really locked in on this one. Mm. Like the three of them really, uh, there's other producers on it. Obviously, we've we've mentioned Madlib, which is actually side note. Is there another UK rapper that's got Madlib beats? Don't think so. I don't. Yeah, Loyal kind of win. Yeah, exactly. Win. I'm, I'm yeah. with you because when I saw that it was Madlib, I was like, "Damn, you're winning already. You're getting someone like uh, Madlib's quality to like produce what? for you on your album." It's a that good Madlib beat as well. Yeah, it's, it's not like it's not a wasteful one. Yeah, yeah, it's they got a few songs together and they're coming out in the future. I assume. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, but crazy. I don't know if any other rappers do have them, but. 
you know, rappers have obviously got beats from, you know, producers on this, a similar level to Madlib, but mm. still this is, this is something else because it fits yeah. into this album so beautifully. He but, doesn't try to be American on it as well, which is exactly. what I love about Loyal. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much from a, he, he very much makes traditional hip hop, but it's mm -hmm. not a UK guy trying to be American. I'm with you. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I just want to do a big shout out to Quez because I'm, I'm not saying it's, uh, inflow levels or anything like that but this is another uk producer that that needs to be spoken about i'm more. very impressed with quez yeah yeah and i know there's other producers and there's some familiar names and there's some other ones that i've not heard of but um he is on i think i think or they they've got production credits all over this and um yeah it's, it's incredibly impressive man even just like going back to plastic that i love that song man that the, mm. like from a production standpoint that like I say, the kind of like funky bass line and the, and then it goes into these like weird simps and then it comes back in again. It's like a journey, that song, mm. big time. Mm. Um, the, the album as well, there's a lot of live instruments on it because I, I originally thought a lot of the things I heard were samples, but it turns out they me too. might have started out as samples and then been replayed. And, you know, there's, there's smaller parts of mm. samples in there, but like a lot of it gets replayed, which yeah. I think... Just like the drums in, the, in Hate. Yeah, it, it feels like it's a, a drum loop sample, but, but it's not yeah, see yeah, that video it. where they yeah, it's crazy. They were talking about it being like um the Justin Timberlake song, right? Yeah, yeah bit, um like I love you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I didn't pick up on that until they broke it down. It does sound a bit like it, but I like the drums all it, over though. this. I think I felt it more than I heard it because I was like, I like this groove, you know. But it's also kind of like it was giving me because at the time I'm listening, to, I was listening to Kendrick. I was like, it's giving me um the intro to to the album vibes of that you know there's that drum beat that comes in that mm. oh yeah like, yeah, really yeah different yeah that mm. it was giving me that drum beat vibe but obviously it's nowhere near the same but it's just the same idea of being in the room in the mix type mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no this is definitely in my opinion his best produced body of work and and the most like expansive as well no doubt many different sounds on here but i think the more interesting conversation is the the, the content the themes of this because um, I, th I think I said it earlier, this album is, it feels like a journey. It starts at one place and it ends in, in a, clearly in another one. Um, you know, there's some of the, the obvious themes on here are things like race, identity, fatherhood, um, things that he has addressed in the past. But do you think this, like the production, goes deeper than anything else he's done before? Oh, As someone who hasn't listened yeah. to Loyal Kana, I, I, I can't comment on that, but I can just tell you that this is a very deep and a very real view of a certain type of person's experience. Now, obviously, none of us on here are mixed race or whatever it is, mixed heritage, you know, the you right know, phrase. Mixed heritage is the right phrase now because I, I know it all too well because all three of my kids are going to be mixed heritage. Yeah, so exactly. I have to well, educate I was going to point uh, yeah, it over to you. Theo, yeah, but... exactly. I have to educate myself <laughs> and make sure that's why I resonated with that when we were, um, obviously when you had that guy say, saying it, um, whether I repeat it or not, HC, I might say that. Yeah. <laughs> of course. But yeah, but it's, but yeah, I found that, I found it really interesting. It, it, he went really deep into that and it was really interesting to understand that. I thought it was, yeah, very deep. Do you mind if I, do you mind if I ask? Because I always think it's just better to ask the question mm. rather than tread on eggshells or like pretend like you know. Why um why should it be mixed heritage rather than um mixed race? Because it was, and I'll tell you who educated me for this. This is Harriet, because I thought mixed race was fine as well. Mm. But um 
Harry will say, if you're mixed race, then you're like a mix of something. You're not like a identity as a whole. If you're black, you're black. You're like one person. If you're white, you're white. If you're Asian, if you're mixed, you're mixed. You're not like one sort of group. So if you're dual heritage, it's that sort of um, aspect. And that's the it's reason. Like terminology. Yes, yeah, the terminology. Because, yeah, and they say it's better like that. There's okay. more to There's more to there's more to it as well. Sorry, I don't mean no, I don't mean to interrupt you. There's more to it because Harriet's actually got a book about it, um, reading up about like obviously dual heritage and all sorts and how to, yeah, sort of bring it up correctly because that's the thing that I need to educate myself on as well, especially for these three children. I'll, I'll let I'll let Kieran speak, but I just want to add to what what Theo's saying. And I think the thing is with being mixed heritage or dual heritage is the idea that you're not, it's not its own thing quite yet. It's yeah, like exactly. you've got you've got two things you need to learn about. You need to learn about both sides and make from that what you will. But then also what you've got to probably understand from from the, you know, the more if there is, you know, because normally it's you know, ethnic side, English side or ethnic side, you know, European white side, the, the ethnic side or the kind of black side of you or whatever side it is, they might not know their own heritage that well either. They might not have never visited their home country. They might not know the ins and outs. And that person that you're learning from might not even be accepted in their own country. They'll look at them mm. as British. So it's one of those ones where when I was listening to this album, I was like, he gets it, but he but he gets it in a different way to me because I don't have the same struggles he does. Cause it's like, oh, you're black, mm. you know, you're, you're, I'm over there. Like, cool. It's like, I'm actually not quote unquote black. I'm half Caribbean, half African. The Caribbean side's mixed. The African side is just like straight down the line, South African to the soil. And it's like, to deal with that level of confusion and, and do what he did where he went and spoke to his parents and all that kind of stuff, you know, something that a lot of people don't do, even for people without that level of confusion, if you get what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. but, well, he said something interesting yeah. in a, I think it might be in an interview that he went to um, Guyana, which is where I think his dad is from. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he said how until, he said he felt like he fitted in there until he spoke. Yeah. And then he realised like, oh, I'm like, you know, I don't really know anything about this part of my heritage and my, you know, and this this side of the like the culture that I'm kind of, you know, where my roots are. Um, but then he, you know, he also comments on the fact that he kind of, he's like his dad, like through reconnecting with his dad, his dad sort of taught him some things about that side of his heritage. But then he also taught his dad some things about like what it means to be, I guess, you know, black in the UK. Like you know that that type that kind of culture that was quite interesting as well. Um, yeah. No, sorry. I just I, I know we've gone we've gone kind of. Deep. I just, I just always it, think it's good to have the conversation. No, it is good wait, to have the conversation. Wait, yeah, yeah, let Kieran sure. jump in. Let Kieran say yeah. what he's going to say. Yeah. I, th I think there's another there's another angle to the mixed race not being used as well because it changes the lens of the perspective. Do you know what I mean? Because race is something that other people have imposed. That's not like a real thing. Do you know what I mean? It's like a cultural Social thing. But it's not like mm. yeah, like. For example, if I was like half white, half black, like I'm not a mixture of races because like what is a race anyway? It's not actually a real thing. Okay. So like to put it as a heritage is like, I don't know. It just frees you from that that yeah, that I lens. Do you know that. what I mean? Yeah, you, it it no, just you frees you from the yeah. lens of race. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because, because if, oh, sorry, I was going to say, because if you put it as race, someone's growing up feels like they've, they can't even connect with either side. They feel like, oh, I can't connect with the black side. I can't connect with the white side. Or it doesn't matter. Say if you're um, half, um, see, now I don't even want to say, but say if you're a, a dual heritage of Asian and white side, again, you might not fit with the Asian community, you might not fit with the white community. Mm. They feel like they're like, they're on a bracket they can't, but they, they haven't got someone good to belong. And it's really important to establish that. And 
understand where they're coming from mm. because that's something growing up I never well I never I always used to think oh yeah you're mixed race you're fine and I never understood mm. that until like later later down in life and then that, that's why I think Loyal just touches on that point really really well yeah, because it is it yeah. is something that people are now starting to understand a lot more going forward because it's a struggle that so many people have gone through and I mm. and, and unless they speak up about it well I say mm. unless they speak up about it I've personally educated and tried to find out a lot more and I didn't realise how deep it gets yeah, yeah I feel yeah. like Loyal on this album kind of hints at the fact that even though he knows he's you know two heritages at the same time people just saw him as a black guy you know, mm. and, and and for him, he had the experience of 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 a black person, which is you know certain things being imposed on you. And th- these are the experiences I never had in my life of people telling me you can only do this and you can only do that. But I know I had a very kind of you know mostly privileged upbringing. But for for what he was saying, it was a very kind of like honest and open perspective that mm. I feel like a lot of people go to the angry side of it, but he actually went to the introspective, analytical side of it all, and not not broke it all down, but definitely like opened up. The conversation and you know funny enough we're here having a conversation about it but well, you know yeah. what i mean and this is what i mean this is what separates good from the great to me is that and i'm get again i'm going to bring up kendrick is like you know what kendrick did with um auntie diaries of course there were you know some people were offended by it, others just felt it wasn't executed right but what it did was i guess start well continue the conversation and opened it up to more people and although it might not have been executed perfectly um, many people, including myself, have, have learned things from that song. And then this album and then the conversation we've just had now, again, I'm speaking for myself, I'm learning. And that can only be a positive thing, in my opinion. There's no hate speech on either of these albums. Um, mm. It's progressive, and I think it's amazing. Mm. I mean, what look, nobody knows is one of the best songs this year. One of the best songs to come out of this country in a long time, I think. it's, And just that simple two lines that, you know, I told the black man he didn't understand. I reached the white man, he wouldn't take my hand. Immediately you're like, oh, okay. And then obviously he goes into more detail, but giving that perspective of someone who is who has grown up dual heritage, um I, I don't know if I've ever heard it like this before. I don't know if I've ever really fully grasped what that kind of how that must be, how 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 much of a struggle that must be at times for some people. Um so yeah, credit to Lil Kana for for really bringing that to bringing that to life. Um I said about, I've said it a couple of times, I spoke about Journey. I feel like, I don't know how you all feel, but I feel like there's a real arc to this album. Um, like I said, he starts in one place and ends in, a, in clearly in another. And I feel like for me, it's, it's, it's anger to forgiveness. Right, I think that's quite. Definitely, simple. I think that's quite. I think I think he comes from a really compassionate place, and you you can tell it in the interviews as well. Like he's very forgiving and just nice to all the different kinds of people he's been interviewed by. Mm. And I think it comes across with the music too. Like he's talking about really difficult things he's gone through or is experiencing, but he's he's kind about it. Always, <laughs> it's hard to explain, but he, he's just he's always nice about. It. I think he's nicer than Kendrick in some ways because Kendrick starts shouting sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> But we heard it last week. Kendrick was screaming his head <laughs> in certain songs that were like, wow. Um, but yeah, I think that, I mean, when an album is only 10 tracks long, it does have the benefit of being concise and having that replay value, I think. Um, but I think the first three tracks of this album in particular is some of the tightest, most like thematically cohesive I've, I've heard all year. Sean, I would say five. I would say five. Like the first five tracks blew my mind. Like 
that sequencing yeah. is unbelievable. Oh yeah, no, I look, to be honest, I like, and we can get into it as well. I think that up until, cause I want to have a, a separate conversation about plastic up until plastic. I think that it's incredibly tight, but those mm. first three in particular, if you really sort of break it down, obviously you start with hate and he talks about, um, you, you know, all these things, these kind of, I guess, like contradictions and, and, um, fit, like, thoughts going through his head it's almost like a stream of consciousness track but he says something towards the end about his father i think um which obviously goes on to nobody knows in which he finishes that where he you know he talks about his you know his sort of issues with his own identity and and um and whatnot but he kind of ends that track by saying you know how can i how can you something about the roots of the tree and how can i hate my father without hating me mm -hmm. so immediately you're back you're back to that theme of hate right and then you go into Georgetown, which is this song, again, talking about, you know, being someone who is of dual heritage, um, but using a, a very dated and, and offensive term. Um, and a classic poem, by the I'm way. Not that say that, it, that but... poem that's playing in there is, is an absolute classic. I remember hearing hmm. that in school. I, I don't know if, nah, you guys probably wouldn't have heard it. They only really played it on like Black History Month events and stuff. But yeah, that, that song's a pure classic. What song? Yeah. A poem is a pure classic, especially because of the keys on the piano thing and all that kind of mm. stuff. Because it's well, yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Is that like that that refrain there, like black like the keys in the piano, white like the keys in the piano, is one of the most uh, it's genius to me to put it like that. Because I've I've heard people in the past that say, "Oh, what's wrong with saying that term to describe someone who is well, like, like just for the benefit of the conversation, mixed race? Like, why can't you call them? You, you know what word I'm talking about, right?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and I'm sure most of about half cast. No. Yes, I'm yeah. not scared to say um, it, but that that's that's a whole different conversation. Words are yeah, words, and a, when used in context, yeah. I think they're fair. But that that's a different. Yeah, thing. yeah. That, that so, word but, was, but, yeah, but to but to to use the the piano and and that poem to to describe it's so beautiful. Why it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing, man. And every link, time I get it, it links back to what he's saying in the previous two tracks. Um, I, just those three songs I mean I'm not really going into it as, as in depth as um, I probably should but I just think those three in particular the way but the way they link together thematically is just there's not a wasted line you know what I mean it's just if that was an EP it would be the greatest EP of all time it's just you know, so it, well it, done. it reminds me of um, Kano's Kano's Hoodies All Summer like mm. just those first three tracks they just link so well I, I don't know if I don't know if anyone else feels that but like yeah. Well, no, I feel like this this album in general is a continuation of what Kano did with that album, what Sims has done with the last two projects. Mm -hmm. um, I guess kind of what what Dave done with his last album, what Stormzy did with the the recent video. Um, you know, th there's just this. Oh, yeah. I don't know. There's just this feeling, and this uh, I don't know. This level of artistry coming from this country over these last few years. Um, I'm skipping ahead now because we're going to talk about more of that later on. But yeah, I, I, I get you, Kieran. I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, did anyone pick up on anything else like thematically or like does, does anyone want to talk about a particular song or um I'd like to, I'd like to talk message. about polyfiller. Okay. The title okay. in and of itself is implying that he feels like he hasn't really got his place, you know what I mean? Like in polyfiller's there to to fill in gaps and all that kind of stuff. Mm. I don't I don't know really what he's trying to get, at, but it's like uh, I I don't really know what what he's trying to get at, but it's like maybe he's talking about his experience of this of the place he grew up in if that makes sense like mm. but he feels like he never really fitted in because he wasn't you know selling drugs or this that he just wanted to rap and you know he, and he kind of 
come to this point where he's like, oh, I'm I'm famous, but like I'm not big famous, you know. I, I don't really I don't really know if I've explained it that well because it it kind of is at the end of the album. By the end of the album, I'm mm. in a very kind of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like out there place. I'm not really in a position to take it in. I, and in my books, we're we're talking about this album far too soon, really. Like I haven't had any chance. Yeah, to really... this is one of the you albums. Know what? That's so true. With. Yeah, you say that because I've played this album so many times, and I still feel like I still need to deep the album. I'm still learning about this album mm. every single time I play it. I still like peel another layer and understand. It's it like a Kendrick than, album, yeah, really. More every single time. Yeah, I feel like I understood Kendrick's album faster though because it was a lot more in my face mm-hmm, and, a, mm-hmm. and a lot more kind of like easy to understand. But I think yes, yeah, something like Polyfiller, I, I need I need to sit with it more. But I definitely want to see what you guys think about that because it's you know it's the penultimate track on the album and this album we all agreed even at the time of first listens we were saying this is a strong album, no wasted songs, you know nothing sitting for too long, nothing dragging, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Well, just uh, before, like, someone else might want to say something about that track, but I think just on what you said, Sam, about, like, needing more time, I guess the difference with Kendrick is that, you know, you've been a fan for a long, long time with Kendrick. You've, you know, you've sat with bodies of work for, for years and years and years. So mm. even though we hadn't heard from him for five for five years and that, you know, it's a complex album, you feel like you, you, you somewhat know the person and you can kind of get them better. If this is, like, your first real, like, in-depth uh, not introduction, but yeah, if this is the first time you've really sat there and 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 taken in a, a little kind of project, maybe maybe it would be a benefit to go back to the previous two now and then come back to this. Do you get what I mean? And see. Sean, I was about to say, experience. yeah, because when I listened to the the first two albums earlier today, I was like, so many songs on this where he was hinting that he was going to do what he was going to do on Hugo, mm-hmm. and I think you even sent one from Not Waving But Drowning. I can't remember which one, yeah, what, what song was that? Yeah, that's true. And that was an and early that indication, song, wasn't it? That easily could have been on Hugo, just just from mm. the content. It, oh, uh, what was um, it? Uh, looking Back? I think it was that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first time I can remember him really commenting on his, you know, his kind of, I guess, his struggles with his own identity and, and things like that. And then obviously, it almost felt like a precursor to this album. Like maybe... That sparked the uh, this what the idea for this one later down the line. A, a so definitely the going things. back, yeah, going back definitely helps. I think mm. with, with Loyal's Fair album, enough. I think the the thing, the interesting thing with Polyfiller, and it kind of links in again, like most of these tracks, links into things he says previously on the album. Is he he has a line on there where he says something? Well, he says something like, um, and who who said was it you, Kieran? That says he seems like quite a. Did you say he was like an empathetic person or some? I can't remember yeah, what, yeah. what he used. Yeah. I, I, said, I even said this on the pod just now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he said, um, he says, he says, there's a line where he says to empathize um, with the villains in the fable. Um, and he talks, and there's another one, and later on he says something about to break the chains in the cycle. And it comes back to what I said previously about how, whilst this album is introspective and deeply personal, it's kind of looking at it from a more external place as well because on songs like um what's the fourth track called again speed of plight when he's talking about being scared to go on the no no sorry i'm, I'm thinking about a blood on my nikes where he, you know that's obviously a quite a harrowing story but he talks about being scared of the boys on the night bus and he kind of talks about things like that in speed of plight about going to certain areas because they're tense maybe i'm confusing it with blood on my nights again but is it what i'm saying is there seems to be this um what i get from it i might be wrong is that he's talking about I guess the the struggles that he had in not having his biological father around um, and how that's affected him and the journey he's been on. But he seems to be kind of like 
commenting on how things like that have affected the community and other people in the culture. Um, and I feel like that song, Polyfiller, it kind of comes a bit more full circle when he talks about, like when he brings it back to him internally and he's looking at his son there, he wants to break that cycle. A bit like Kendrick again, breaking cycles of the, uh, you know, how his, what his dad kind of did to him and what his dad did to his da dad. And do you know what I mean? Things like that. And now he's got his boy there. He's thinking about how it's affected, not just him, his community. And like, I want to stop it here and improve things going forward for my son. I think I, I think might have butchered that. that. I don't know, but no, no, you're, you're right. <laughs> I, I think something that we need to kind of acknowledge is we've all, we've all got the privilege to be able to be better parents. We don't know mm. what our parents had to struggle through and, and go through to get to where they're at, you know, whether that's immigration, racial issues, financial situations, you know, let's put it in perspective. A lot of people's parents listen to this. A lot of people, you know, that, that I know their parents have no degrees, nothing, but somehow they have a job, they supported children, they have a mm. house. And yeah, obviously, you know, houses were cheaper back then, jobs were more plentiful, but it's like, you know, all of us on this call have been to some form of university, finished it or not, whatever, doesn't matter. I'm sure a lot of the listeners too have degrees and all these types, all these chances mm. to just exist, sit and think, you know, not like literally be fucking blinders on, right, I've got fucking work I've got to provide. And I feel like the thing that Laura Connor has the, the privilege, privilege to do as a father, not only a, you know, a father with a, with a career and a, a you know, a hopefully a fruitful career ahead of him, but also he's educated. So he's, he's got enough awareness to go, not only do I want to be a good dad, but I want to make sure I'm I'm the best me I can be as well. Rather than be the best dad to his child, he wants to be the best version of himself for himself. So he realizes how that kind of impacts who he is on the on the whole. You know what I mean? As in being a yeah, father, yeah. he has to level up. He hasn't got all the time he thought he had to to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. He's self-deprecating too. Like, although there's for me, there is this um this journey of going from sort of anger and hate to forgiveness, not just of himself, but of others in his life, particularly his, you know, his dad. Um, he does also, it feels like he's not, he, he, he's already, sorry, already. He's also aware that he's not figured it out fully. Like he's in a better place, but he's not figured it out. Like in that same song, Polyfiller, he says, um, I hold my song up. I hold my son up trying to, I'm trying to play it cool. Uh, but I'm the villain in the story, the exception to the rule and on plastic, which is a song that I want to get to soon, by the way. Um, well, you missed out the you know, next line. He talks about all these of, things and people being plastic and this and that, but then he says, I'm plastic too. You missed out the um, next line of did the pressure bust a pipe or build a diamond? You know, mm. there's a whole Oh, phrase that of, line is yeah, so good. It's, it's like, cool. oh, pressure makes diamonds, pressure makes diamonds. Yeah, pressure also yeah, yeah. busts pipes and, you know, it causes yeah. leaks mm -hmm. and stuff. It's like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. sorry. Continue I like that as well, because you know, people always talk about like, oh, you need to grind, you need to like keep pushing yourself yeah. and like, you'll end up being a diamond. But like, actually sometimes you can like break as well. Mm. Well, it's true. It's like when they tell you to just get on with things, it makes no sense. If you get on mm -hmm. with things and carry on to just bottle all those things, yes, they say pressure makes diamonds, but that pipe will break. And when that pipe yeah, breaks, yeah. it's a struggle to then try and close it off. So yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a strong line. Well, pre, pre, like just before that line, he says, cycle through the city, thinking stupid stuff, acting like I'm quiet, but I could erupt. And I did. So it's like, mm. you know, it's not perfect. Mm. Um, but he also talks about seeing his his dad blow his lid and things like that. The mm. cycle. So, oh man, this album's amazing. But plastic, plastic. Um, this is the only song, and I'm hoping that I'm really hoping that one of you like enlightens me. This is the only song on the album where I don't quite get how it links in with the the journey, as I keep calling it. I understand what he's saying in the song, what it means, but I don't understand how it fits. 
the overall the, the the recurring themes throughout. Does anyone else? I'm gonna anyone? be real, Sean. If if you don't understand it, I don't think any yeah, of us three will. You understand this album most. As soon as you were saying that, I was like, sorry, I can't help you, man. I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm still in the world like I'm, I'm trying to process this album yeah. like Sean sounds like he's through the finish line he's got it all <laughs> yeah Sean's got all, all, the, all the infinity stones and me and you are, we're just... yeah man I'm, I'm the only last one, one, I'm only last one. infinity stone number two man I still got more to come <laughs> no this is this is the last one I feel though like, well firstly I'm glad that I'm making sense and I'm not just spewing nonsense but um, yeah this is the one song where I'm like I, in within the context of the album like I said, I really like the song, but I don't get how it links with the rest of it. Maybe that's, again, maybe we just need more time and it will click. Um, yeah. Okay. Moving on from that. Like fakeness. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just skimming the lyrics right now. I guess yeah, like, yeah. it's yeah. about fake maybe, people. Maybe by something. the time we get to the end of years, we'll have something crazy to say about this. Who knows? But mm. f- for now, what we're saying is what we're saying. And obviously if you, if you're, you know, if you're more educated or you've you've got more ideas, you know, get in the Discord. Oh, Discord, yes, check it. please get in the Discord. Get yeah, in the YouTube you comments. Just in, tell us something. What you think mm. about this album? What you feel about it? And all that kind of stuff. Because realistically, we're, we're just we're just having like a stream of consciousness here, more than like mm. what I deem to be like mm-hmm. well analytical, educated thoughts type thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're no experts. Well, we okay. are experts. That's why <laughs> they fucking listen to us. If you hear this common expert in the comments or whatever the fuck, I don't know. But yeah, I think um, I think it's clear that we we all love this album, and um, yeah, I imagine it's at least going to get a mention during the uh, the end of year awards. Oh, at least get a mention. It's going to win some awards. Surely. <laughs> no, no spoilers, but like, come on now, this this album is going to at least for me. But yeah, that's a different conversation for a different it's day. Right quite up literally. There. Right up there. Should we um, should we get into the next one? Mia. Oh yeah, I think, I think a, we've covered a lot. Right I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we're just going to keep it flowing unless you want to do like a little introduction for this. No intro nah, needed for MIA. Yeah. <laughs> I think, it, yeah, I think if people want to know our thoughts on, on MIA's career to date and whatnot, you can listen to our episode, our um, our uh, edition of Discord's discussion where we spoke in depth about MIA and shared some of our favourite songs and songs that we felt were important at uh, various times in her career so yeah go back and listen to that one but what i don't remember is yeah. it, at that time did we say we expected a new album from her because I, I don't remember at all you know what i mean like, I because i didn't expect i think album. she was at a point where she was like announced she'd retired that's the thing ah. and she'd released like a single a month before on like her metaverse yeah. kind of thing so I mean, it was all a she, bit confusing. She, she did the song with with uh, Travis Scott, and that was oh, a yeah. banger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that I was a thought, moment. I just thought maybe that's where she's at right now, is she's just doing that, you know, which is fine. But mm. this this album, as we're going to discuss, and I'm sure you're going to hear a lot of Kieran's monologues because <laughs> I, I don't really have much to say other other than I really enjoyed listening to this album, but I haven't listened to it that many times because it's very, very energetically crazy. It's, it's yeah, crazy. I agree. I agree with that. <laughs> Good though, but yeah, it just yeah. But she's back. She's back. Well, no. Can't care. Take take the floor. Talk to us. Well, I feel like we could start with talking about the collaborators because I think that's one of the more interesting aspects of this album. Because right. for example, she's got Pharrell as a producer. I think that's probably her highest profile producer as well. Well, actually, she always produces with um, Skrillex and Diplo. They're top yeah. tier as well. But yeah, this Pharrell collab, 
Um, let me get the chat list up. It's called Time Traveller. What, what do people think of that? It's bouncy. It's bouncy. It's a bit like Mr. Morale as well. Do you know the um, the title track on Kendrick's one? Mm. And I don't know. I feel like she she kind of, she brought something that I wasn't expecting. I, I'm shocked that this album hasn't done better though. And I don't know. Does anyone have any answers why? Because she's, as we said it before, she's not really a rapper's rapper. She's more like yeah. a pop artist. But this, I mean, you know, if you listen to this album, it's not a rap album at all. But for the album to have done better, I think it's the, the idea of it needs an audience. And the audience for this mm. is not very clear, if that makes it's sense. It's hard to define what is MIA's audience, right? Yeah. I, I mean, like, was, um, yeah. Well, I'm not, this, isn't, this isn't a slight or anything like that. Um, when was her last big single? Like, bit, I'm talking like, obviously, it was Borders, wasn't it? But, I think borders. Did that like chart well and things like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. About that, but it okay. fucking banged in my ears. I love. Um, it's got album. it's got high streams as well, so it, it done well. I think. I'm I think like where we. I think we you know we spoke about um the kind of trajectory of her career post the first couple mm. albums and the the trouble she's had with labels and all sorts like because of mm. the the controversial nature of her music and whatnot. Um, I don't know. I think maybe it's just a combination of of that and. Like how, how long ago was the last album? Six years. It's six years. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's very hard to maintain that buzz if you're having that big of a gap between music and you know not producing stuff on the level of like a like I know we keep saying his name of Kendrick or like a Frank Ocean. If you're not if you're not doing that, then it's it's mm -hmm. hard to like I say keep that spark going. But this is the ironic thing in a way because I feel like this album is such a good like successor to Carla. It really matches that vibe and the Maya vibe. Do you know, like um, that crazy one with Born Free and stuff? Mm. But I feel like if if that was the previous album and then six years later she came and dropped this, it would have been like, oh wow, she's returned and it's what we were hoping for. But I feel like these um, albums in between like Matangi and AIM were just so like, I don't know. Like I know me and Sam loved AIM and like, it, it was it was good pop, but I think I don't know. Something there's a weird disconnect that I get in this middle section of her career, and mm. like I don't know, did did everyone get like this old school MIA vibe from yeah. Mat, uh, Mata? Yes, Mata? Yeah, Mata? I, don't, I, don't, I don't even have to pronounce it. Definitely, um... is it M A T A? Do you know what I mean? We don't even know. <laughs> it, it means a lot of things, apparently. Yeah, no, no I, I definitely got that vibe. I definitely got that vibe. I felt like it was like, old stuff, and it was like, it was. Um... It, like, like Sam said before, it was bouncy, and I enjoyed it, and it, and it did feel like she was back because I liked the sound, and she she sounded comfortable as well and, and confident. That was what I liked hear, hearing from her, really. So, yeah, that's not really forcing good. it. No, exactly, exactly. What was that song she had where she had the video where she was a robot? So that's that's popular. Yeah, I was going to get to that as well. Well, I I just want to say for for starters, MIA is always a full on vibe. Like when I say a full on vibe, I mean like no joke. She is always coming with the visuals that match whatever the fuck she's trying to say but <laughs> like for, for me what i really felt from this album was that she just like kind of just created something like she just wasn't she wasn't like oh i need to make an album it needs to be a hit she's just like this is how i'm feeling this is what's going on mm -hmm. and it shows in all the all the stuff that came around it you know and 
that be, the stuff around it being the videos, I guess. Because that video is mind blowing too. Like I think, like you listen to popular and you're like, okay, cool. It kind of sounds like old MI. Maybe it's not as good though. You watch the video and you're like, every single thing in that song makes sense. The whole like irony and like the satirical stuff. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Sean, you were gonna say something. Oh, um, I think it was. It might have been. Um, to do with you you mentioned aim i think it was just to do with that i think we might be backtracking if i say it but i think there was like a there was a perception from i guess some people that she sounded a bit uninspired um and although the mute like maybe the the production and the the way she was like rapping on the beats was a bit more like poppy as you say and mm -hmm. a bit more palatable um what she was saying and how she was saying it just didn't have that that snap that it used to um, which could also contribute to why, like, there may be that she's lost a bit of buzz and why this one's not quite um, getting the attention that, you know, mm -hmm. perhaps some of us feel it, it should get. Um, it's just because maybe she got to a point in that part of her career where she wasn't really as inspired as she used to be. So now she's kind of got, like, she's had six years out, she's got a bit of that back. And, and that is got... a long time to have a gap from an album. I know most people, because of COVID, took, like, like five-year break max, but six years is it's a mm. lot it really is and i think maybe that's why this is so invigorated as well because she's not released in so long that all these ideas are adding up she does she talks a lot about covid that's like most rappers are doing at the moment as well because mm. these albums are dropping well something i wanted to ask yeah. and i'm not doing this to to be like to play devil's advocate it's actually a genuine question and it might actually make the 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 dynamic of the conversation a bit more interesting as well like because i so my thing is is that from a production standpoint um i always find her work including this interesting because she pulls from so many different influences music mm -hmm. that at least speaking for myself doesn't reach my radar um very often at all um production wise it's always interesting from a uh Another prop I want to give her, sorry, is just that some some of the rapping, like the way she's flowing on beats, the way she's riding beats, I like that. Um, Only a woman that experimental would do that as well. That's what I love about that. She just comes with some from some different. She she finds some different pockets, and I, I like it. Um, mm -hmm. But what I want to say is, and again, this is genuine. This isn't me just like stirring the pot. I still feel like from a from a content and lyrical standpoint, it's it's not quite on the level of the earlier stuff. Um, it's actually quite, in some areas, a bit simplistic and lacking in substance to me. Um, educate me. What, it, like, what, where is the depth in this album in terms of the content? And she, well, she's still uh, political, uh, but I think the problem is she's still talking about old issues, right? So she's still talking about things that she's always spoken about. So that's why it doesn't, it doesn't really feel. Mm. Or, or, it's not like um, relating to the modern day issues, kind of like the women's rights being taken in America, things okay. like that. It could, it would have been a cool take to hear that on the album i think mm. yeah okay because i didn't know if i was just not listening right but that's what i felt i felt that we weren't really you're still like like you say it's still political it's still got something to say but it felt a bit redundant um and like oh we've heard this before and it, it, and some of the refrains even feel a bit like basic and simplistic um almost like kind of like the generic kind of process music that you might get from some other artists. I don't want to disrespect her because, well, you know, I, I wouldn't say being disrespectful. I think you're being honest because it's like we were saying, you know, at the beginning of this conversation is she's she's mostly in, you know, the, the general kind of view, like a pop act. And a lot of the people mm. that would know her most famous song, you know, Paper Planes, 
wouldn't be listening to this. A lot of people that have heard the Travis Scott track won't be listening to this. So it's like, as this album struggles to find an audience, I think MIA is also struggling to find her voice, if that makes sense. Like she's like, well, what what do I talk about right now? What do people mm -hmm. want to hear from me? She's like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm just kind of in it. And that's where I think some of the lackluster parts of it mm. start, start to be felt is where you're like, yeah. well, she, what is she really saying? You know, what is she really doing right now? I don't, I don't know. For real. Like even, I think one of her big inspirations lyrically on this album is like her Christian um, faith that she recently I was found. Ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is she just I, just to explain it. I'll be really quick. Like she had um, this crazy vision. Okay, she had this vision that like Jesus came to her in her dream and told her like the world's like getting destroyed and stuff. But like I'm here for you. So, some something like that. I might be making up a bit actually for the storytelling purposes. Ah. But um, yeah. Basically, when she had that experience, it kind of blew her mind because. I think for her, she does seem to have like a lot of Hindu themes and a lot of like traditional Hindu stuff in her music throughout. And like, I guess just like her life practices. So this like blew her mind and it was like, I need to start looking at my life from a different perspective. So there is actually an interesting um, dichotomy in this album of seeing like the Indian influences, like um, on Time Traveler, she, and, but she, she really like starts to, um, think about it intellectually so like on time traveler she talks about shiva which is like one of the most famous indian gods but she like questions shiva's origin and says like maybe shiva came from africa and is linked to the queen shiva so i don't know there, there's things like that and then the opposite side of it is like her exploring the christianity in marigold which is so interesting I was about to ask is that is this where marigold like where this why, yeah okay yeah so marigold is so interesting because obviously marigolds is actually a really indian thing so you know like when we put garlands on in india it's um like these marigold garlands mm. and there's like a, um a metaphor for that being like ed, uh, every single single type of person or like can be like included on this one chain kind of things like we're all connected kind of thing that's what like the marigold garlands mean right. but like she's using it in this really like um, I don't know. It's like a, it's like a politically religious song where she's like, the world needs this uh, miracle to happen to them and like bond us all together. I, I don't know. I find that really powerful. Um, and little easy puts on the song as well, which is so random, but it works. Listen, can we just can we just flex? Look, this is why we're the best music podcast out there, man. You're not getting you're not getting this anywhere else. <laughs> we're, we're talking. We got PSHE. We got history. We got RE. <laughs> You're, also not getting this, you're not getting this multitasking as well. But yeah, not hearing for your work. He's got that baby in uh, arm trying, right now. I'm trying, I'm trying to feed as well as doing this podcast. Dang so on it. Let him know that we're multitasking as well, man. Let him know. Yeah, we're doing a lot. Yeah, so I just want to say that we're doing a lot. I'm learning things tonight. Shout out everyone. Yeah, everyone's bringing their peace. But yeah, I don't know. And I, 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 I know we, we originally planned to speak at, about this album at length, but for me, I don't have much to say other than I enjoyed it and I haven't been in the right space to listen to it. A lot of the albums that have come out recently mm. have been my vibe. I listened to this when I was out and it got me hyped. Where the fuck was I going? I was going out somewhere and it's got me in the mood to go out. But the place I'm in right now, this album's too too much energy for me and I, i'm not you know I'm what it is it's, it's like a party that. album I, I i was at a party and people were asking me because i was the youngest person there like put put on some music i was i was feeling stressed i was sweating i put on beef <laughs> the, the whole place went crazy like, <laughs> it, and i, I, I realized at that moment and he's like yo m.i.a yeah. time it was an old party but it was like asian people so i was oh, like okay. i know that they'll respect if i put on m.i.a and they they 
they everyone went crazy like it do you like at parties people always put music on it's just like head bumping or like you're forcing yourself the dots everyone let, let loose and i was like yeah this this is what the album's for it's just right. a shame it's not like being given in that like package where people can digest it in parties and stuff like that. Yeah, I have no idea where this album plays, but I have no idea. It's clearly <laughs> at older Asian parties is this the it's spot. It's just so. me streaming it. Yeah, well, nah, there's there's people listening to this album. Don't don't get it twisted. She's still got a loyal fan base, you know? Like mm. there's still hundreds of thousands of people listening to her, which after what, fifteen odd years of a career, maybe even touching on twenty, that's I not think a it's bad place to, 20, to be. Yeah. Very impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. Um so so where does it rank in her discography then? Uh, it's a hard question. Top three for me? Yeah, top three, three maybe. Wow. It's top three. It's definitely top three, I think. It's not one. Wow. And it, it could be two, but I, 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 I... Actually, no, it can't be two. Maybe it's three. Maybe it's three I, or four. I would argue two just because the production is, is like so tight. Like, Arula doesn't flex the way this album does production-wise. Mm. Mm. How many albums yeah. she got now? Six. Six. Yeah, I think oh, it's so. top three as well, to be fair. I'm putting that up there. Yeah. I'm mad at Do you remember with those first two, like, as I think Kira mentioned, we, we had them both, like, in the top 10. UK yeah, we rate, we rate them two albums Hard. a lot. So. so, okay. Okay. And then, like, what about what next? Where, where do we see her going? Do we see another, like, six year gap, or do we think she's going to be more. Um, well, I wanted these hip-hop collabs. Like, apparently she had a Nicki collab and a Doja collab that didn't make the album. Yeah, I heard about that. And that's what made me kind of pay attention. Like, I was like, oh, okay, you're going to be collabing with Nicki and Doja. That's that's some good, you know, good rap rappers because I class Doja Cat as a rapper, even though she's technically a pop artist. You know, if they're all on the same track, that would be interesting. If they're on separate tracks, then they could bring different vibes. You know what I mean? I <laughs> if they like, were on this album, this album would have hit a bit different, I think. But oh, 100%. apparently that's what the delays were because Nikki wasn't sending the verse or something like that. That it's is cool. tragic. Some bullshit. But well, if I, that's the case, in terms of what's next, are we like the, the common thing these days? Are we expecting a, a deluxe album with, with those tracks on there? Oh, I, I I pray for that, you know, because she, she always does deluxe. Yeah, I can see that happening. I can see more MIA features. I don't know if I see another album at all but i definitely see some features uh, along the mm -hmm. way you know those those features are coming whether we like it or not because the the travis scott thing dropped out the sky if i'm honest and i feel like there's more out stuff the out blue. there she's got floating around mm, mm. Okay. i hear that well look i think uh, let's lead on to the more general conversation then about the you know the state of of the scene of of uk rap um uh, let, let's just cut to the chase i mean has there been a drought in 2022? There was, there was a disgusting drought before these two albums dropped. You this is why so? we made this episode. Definitely. 100%, yeah. I really think so. 100% there was a drought. I'm sorry. Are, are we just not listening to what it? What was though? there though? Because yeah, yeah, I'm I, I've been seeing these albums pop up and I've been listening to them. You know, Some of the ones Sean's got listed here that I've seen would be Central C, Digger D, Green T, Peng, you know, Shy Girl, Heady One, but I don't think Heady One, one is, oh, it is out now. And then K-Trap, I added K-Trap more recently. But I, I, I don't know, maybe we, we, we've aged out of what UK rap is right now, or we're just not finding our right people. I think it's, a. <laughs> this is the problem with UK like pop rap as well. It's like they always grab a specific thing and it almost becomes like this immature like cesspit of like people making the same like homogenic music. I, I'm sounding really like critical, but like I, I I put on Nux. I'm not gonna lie. I put it on, and I was just like, "He's rapping interesting, but it just sounds the same." 
You feel like that? I really do. I, I haven't felt that per se from, from Nux, but definitely there's a lot of the samey samey business going on and a lot of people say, oh, he bit my flow, he did this, he did that. It's like, realistically, if you're the originator, make a new one. Do you know what I mean? You can always make a new mm. one or do it better. And it's like, I, I think I, I'm going to keep it behind you here. It's, it's rappers like H and RD and all these kind of like cheeky Even Nando's Central rappers. C. Even Central yeah. C. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I'll be honest, no, be in the fair, beginning, yeah. I was a Central C fan. Yeah. He had, oh, what was that song called? I don't know. His first few songs, bangers. You couldn't tell me anything else about Central C. Then he started getting more poppy, did the whole Pink Panther interpolation thing. And I was like, right, this guy's gone and I'm not interested in him because he's not aiming for the rap crowd anymore. And I, I don't think UK music is geared towards rapping, you know? I don't I don't think that the, the general UK listener wants to hear people rapping like how we like to hear rapping or how Americans are more receptive to it. I just, I just don't think it's in our palette. Mm -hmm. I don't know about rap, but uh, definitely hip hop. Definitely hip hop. I think when people say things like, oh, this, like, you know, when people say, oh, grime is like a type of hip hop or, um, it, I, like, I think our influences are derived heavily from other places and hip hop is obviously part of it, but it's other, there's other influences that are stronger. I think just on the drought question, I think there's two things that might make it seem like there's been a drought this year. Because I don't think there has. Um, I think one of them is like if we're doing that thing where we compare UK and and across the pond, that you know, the, the America specifically is a much larger country with a, a much larger population um, and a culture that's been around longer. So it's going to be in a place where your the art form is is um, is a, of a higher quality. Um, and Would you more. say we're that's in like nice. our two thousand eight? <laughs> 2009 like how in america no, everyone was professing hip-hop is dead no no, no. 2000, we're, we're, 2009, 2010. we're still in the 80s sam like I so. we're not nah, i really nah, think nah, so nah, I think we've got we're, some I great, think we're past, got great past, timeless artists but what i'm saying is it's like <laughs> there's, it's just it's the when you with all those things that i've just mentioned you're, you're gonna get more basically you're gonna get right. more yeah um the second thing is i think we we've come off a couple of stacked years from this country particularly like 2019 especially. 2019 was different well, uh, well we're skipping what happened last year Gets, no 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 drops, not skipping you know that's I mean? the other year i was Gets gonna skip. sims Ooh. yeah we had we you had know, we've so, had some good years we can't have yeah. every year be full of bangers you know what i mean we, we had yeah but that's what if you want to hold this country to a higher standard you should at least have like one great a year or like a few and th and then that's the uh, argument I'm going to make is that I I think we've had that now with Lowell Karner. I think Finally, yeah, quite, I, I agree. Um, and yeah. I think that throughout the year, okay, the the music, okay, we might not have had like a what what Conway did or what Kendrick did or what Jid's done, but we have. There has been there's been quite a few re really strong albums and and a wide range of different different subgenres as well. I think even I if think it's not not particularly our taste, yeah. Uh, what's happening a lot is the UK underground scene is growing. There's a lot of like young thug kind of sounding people, a lot of that kind of emo rock type rap sound going on in the UK. There's a lot of that going on, heavy auto-tune mm -hmm. singers and stuff like that. But as well as that, there's, you know, there's a few people that I've sent in the group that I'm sure you guys like, like that Bar Simpson thing where they've got MF Doom. Oh and yeah, that's so interesting. But yeah. you see what I'm trying to say? There's definitely a well-respected group of like rappers that are respected by the Americans. And I, I know we shouldn't, you know, try to be validated by American people to, to feel like we've got something, but not every rapper in the world is getting a J Electronica verse and MF Doom. And it sounds like MF Doom actually raps to that beat, which means they've mm. been with 
these people and around these people for quite some time considering you know mf doom's dead now so mm. do you know what i mean I, I i don't know if it's if it's a question of you know things are building over here because even loyal Kana said he's known madlib for some some time so maybe it's the idea of we're, we're building we're building and next year might be the mad year or the year after that but you know We'll hopefully we'll still be doing this podcast in, in some degree, or at least you'll mm. be listening to me speak on this podcast feed. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if it's a drought and it's it's more like people no. are trying to actually get their best work out there. Well, I don't, yeah, like I said, I don't think it is. And and um, I remember, do you remember when I said that I've, I, and I, I backtracked, well, not backtrack, I just, um, I have a different opinion now. I basically said I felt like there was a bit of a drought post Kendrick this year. And then we spoke about it, and I was like, "Oh no, I'm wrong. Like, there, there's actually been quite a few really you strong." You just tapped out, then. Sean. <laughs> something that I something that I forgot about is that a lot of the other names that kind of are on, uh, you know, close. To, I guess what would you say, Kendrick's competitors, like searching for a better word, but they'd Pierce. already released, right? So there, it wasn't like people were like they they've paused or they've gone back to the drawing board and went to make something. It's like they've already put it out, and Kendrick's kind of come last. I feel like we're we're here we're there. Sorry, with with 2022 in a sense, like a lot of our the leaders of the different lanes in this country of 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 our scene have dropped in recent times, um, but we're also still waiting on a couple. You know, I think there's there's rumours of of Jay Huss. Um, Kano's been away for a little Ooh. while. There's still some like heavy hitters who haven't dropped yet, um, and like you say, Sam, maybe next year we do get um, some of the the sort of I guess the elite top artists in this country dropping stuff but having said that like i said I don't, I don't think there's been a drought when i went over i mean just to like name a few i think and these aren't necessarily things that are heavy in rotation for me or necessarily like my kind of thing but i know koji radical put out an album at the beginning of the year that got a lot of you know got a good reception and has kind of lasted throughout the year in a i'll be honest with koji though so i saw him live in um summer and mm. the album connected a bit different i, I don't know I don't know what it is about the production on that. So I, I, we're not trying to get in detail with these albums, but I feel like something about the production just, it doesn't have the authenticity that like Lil Kana's Hugo has. And I think that might be one of the reasons that's hmm. holding that one back. I think Auth- a lot of people still wasn't a word Yeah, there is that. I, for me, it was, yeah, the yeah. you're kind of like, I'm, I'm kind of in between what you both, both just said there. I, I kind of get what you mean, but I also get what you mean about like hearing it did you say in the summer you heard you yeah I saw, like, I saw it live in summer and it, it matched the vibe of summer yeah, it so felt well. like a summer album when it came out it felt like a summer album um mm-hmm. but yeah i guess uh, for me it was like the i felt like um it in fact no i'm not going to go into it. it it was a good album that's that's that's, a, yeah, that's yeah. one that i would yeah, it um, was it was say it's like that was an early one and then there's i don't know if you've ever heard of, heard of an artist called jeshi um, they dropped a, an album called Universal Credit. That's worth checking, especially if you enjoyed this Loyal Karner album. I mean, it's not, uh, no, no disrespect to them whatsoever. It's not on that level, but I'm aware it's their debut album and I think it's a, a strong start. And then Shy Girl. Shy Girl is, I know that that's... <laughs> Shy well, Girl hits. We have to, we have to prelude that. With, yeah. We're seeing a different type of talent here. We're not seeing, you know, the deepest levels of lyricalness and all no, that kind no. of stuff. It's I mean, fun. The flows are good and it's, it's cheeky. It's, it's some of the most fun music. <laughs> it's vibey, man. Like 
Not she's every a dirty time girl. Someone had oh. to say it. <laughs> not every time you need to be the it. deepest raps in the world. Like she's she's having fun and it shows. I'm, so. I'm telling you, when I put on that Shago album, I'm always mind blown with like how every track bangs in like a disgusting way. <laughs> yeah, so, you gotta let it do what it's doing, man. Like I feel like some people like you know, it's funny that we're on a podcast talking about music and, and I'm saying this, but some people take the music too seriously and don't let mm-hmm, the fun mm-hmm. stuff be fun and enjoyable like that music i'm Preach. sure she performs that music live that whole room is jumping off the walls mm, so yeah. you know what yeah. i mean do you know what this is a, this is a weird comparison I, I might be on my own and i'm not talking about it from a like a production standpoint or a, like a even like a stylistic standpoint but in terms of like what shy girl says I get Danny Brown vibes. Oh, it's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, oh. But what I guess the point I'm trying to make is, is throughout this year, there has been music that's come out from this country that is um, of high quality. It's varied in terms of its influences and its sound. Um, and just to kind of cap it off, yeah, I don't think there's been a drought. I just think we're in a place where we've we've a lot of the big hitters have dropped already, um, and we're waiting on a couple others to. So I think um, as well, we got to acknowledge the fact that a lot of these people that we've got on this list here, especially people like Central C, they're dropping so much music that even if you wanted to try to take it in, you, you they'd be dropping a new project or a new song before you've had a chance to take it in. And I don't think there's actually that much to take in with a lot of these rappers on this small little list we've got here. Just just for reference, so the listeners what we're looking at. The list says Central C, Kojo Radical, Digger D, Nux, Jeshi, Green T, Peng, Shy Girl, Flohio, I don't know who that is, MIA, Loyal Kana, Heady One, and I added K-Trap. All these people aren't really making big albums, you know, bar a few. So it's like, you've got to just let the music be what it is, experience it where you experience it, and not every single one needs to be, you know, a masterclass in lyricism or or storytelling. Like, for example, K-Trap. K-Trap for me is so impressive, but no one really listens to K-Trap because they just write him off as a drill rapper. But for me, he's more than that. He mm-hmm. He goes through a lot of effort to like not say the word knife and gun and so he makes new words for it to you know it's obviously if you listen you hear what he's saying you know he says whap he means gun and all this kind of stuff but the flows he gets into the the risks he takes to kind of try new when i say try new things obviously i'm not talking about singing and stuff like that but when i say try new things he's he's always trying to progress the sound forward and i wouldn't say his sound is drill it just so happens that people say he's doing drill if that makes yeah, sense yeah yeah but i know what you mean. but yeah he's he's one of those people that i respect as an artist and you know his art form chosen art form is rap but then you know Lowell Carter, MIA they're, they're doing something completely different and the fact that we call them rappers is a discredit to themselves you know we should put them in the same bracket we put little sims and complete kind artists of people. yeah but, Sam but I was I gonna that, say sorry did we forget um Potty Paper as well pot, oh Potter Paper Potter pot Paper is amazing <laughs> I love Potter Paper didn't he have the project he's fantastic no, that was last year that was last year oh, and okay, that project yeah, that project was fire as well He mm. he's the thing is i'll tell you the truth about pot of paper right he makes classic songs and i don't know how that song um purpose and the other song gangster writers i will play those songs forever forever because for the life of me i can't tell you what is in that purpose beat but that beat is is spectacular and gangster writers popped off a bit this year from uh, Top Boy, right? It was on the soundtrack, and I think they did a remix with Nines. Oh, that Nines remix is, on the is remix. priceless as well. Um, spent more Ubers than yeah. you spent, or they spent two grand on Uber. Yeah, it's just yeah. like crazy. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, the, the Uber line's mad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think just to kind of summarize, I think you look, you re, you, you look at that list that we made, or like the names you just read out, and 
There's a real, I think there's a real range in this country. I think we're in a For healthy real. place. And it's reflective of the last sort of five to six years. I think after that resurgence of grime, <clears throat> sort of like 2017 uh, onwards, the different subgenres that we have now, the different influences um, that are impacting the music uh, and, and the, le- the quality of projects as well. I think, I think we're in a healthy place, man. I've really yeah, do. I think so too, but... I think it's a real shame that like radios only want drill really from UK rap artists. Yeah. But is I, that is I, that I, not I mean, the same in America though like in terms of like trap music? I know maybe not so much now but like there was a period throughout the 2010s where I think the sound's gone to that kind of emo pop rock sound at the moment. That that whole thing. But that that's a different conversation for for a different podcast again. I think the problem is now is the radio knows what artist it wants to play from the jump. It wants to play Dave. It wants to play, you know, it wants to play Digger D. It wants to play all Central C. It, and th- these people, unfortunately, have the kind of gift and a curse of whatever they release, it's going to get played. But they have to be on trend. They can't set trends. And, you know, we heard that song. Has anyone listened to it since? Nope. Well, no, everyone I mean, listened it was to the, the video. Album. That, huh? Yeah, it, the video was. Yeah, it was the video I, I was incredible. Yeah, the video was I the think, event. But the video was the main point. That's 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 the thing. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I've not listened to that song again. But, but, and there's, fo- the there's follow up singles that are yeah. not a vibe as well. You has there been? I I yeah, there has. There's another single. I've not touched it. There's, yet. there's two the, singles, and I don't like them. But on that, but on that point though, I just want to say, like, kind of, I didn't quite finish what I was going to say, but where. Like, so no, it's all right. But in in America, like I said, where you have like the the main the main sound on the radio for a long period of time, and even still now is is trap. But you do get you get the odd person like Kendrick or a Cole that breaks through. I think when you compare it to here, someone like um, Dave. I know we've all we've got our opinions and this and that, but in terms of like pop music, Dave is making a higher level of 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 rap music that is being taken in by the masses. Yeah, Dave compar- has a time of the song. He has location. Location will play till we're old and grey. Do you know what I mean? But even this year, like mm. Starlight and, um, and oh, the other, yeah. Yeah. my 24th birthday. I mean, that, that is, he is, other than like, okay, he's in a, on a different level in terms of popularity, but Dave is probably the next biggest rapper in this country, I'd say, in terms of numbers. If I you think. Want to, yeah, if you want to talk about numbers, accolades and ability, I would say Dave is currently at the top. But and if he's two talk- for two on albums. Like he he makes he makes great music, um, yeah. and he's and he's young and he's only getting better. So I think that I don't think it's again. It's just, I think it's just because there's so much more out in America that it's that there's yeah there's just so much more. So when it's here, it feels like there's not there's not a great deal of of great music, like great popular music in a in a rap and hip hop sense. I think that's insightful. But rap rap music is the popular music right now. I don't know if it's falling away and it's giving way to something else. I think Garage might be the the new kind of sound that's in. But I I feel like rap is still very much like, you know, if if we're talking about top tens and all that stuff that matters, there's at least three, Mm. four rap songs in the top ten every every week, Mm. I think. But this is the point I was trying to make. It's like the top tens for like US rap is like, or just US music. And it's like the type of rap on that. Like yeah. you got super freaky girl and all this kind of stuff. Like it's so it's so different to what UK allows in the charts. Mm-hmm. Like oh, Koji's so music well. isn't in the charts, for example. I, 
I just forgot as well. Like if Jay Huss drops tomorrow, he's doing huge numbers. Like Jay Huss, you'd hope, huge. you'd hope. He, anyway. No, no, hundred percent he is because you've got to remember that whatever he drops in there, there's gonna be some songs to what he says. Oh yeah, to. there'll be a he's single. Gonna do a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bro, he's he's like, gonna uh... drop a song that that whatever the weather, people are going to feel. Yeah, that's it. true. I hear that. <laughs> and on that brings point. us back to the question that Sean has all the time: Where the fuck is Jay Huss? Jay Huss can save the whole UK music scene, but he, he don't really want to. Yeah, that, prison, even that verse on the on the Burner Boy album, Ooh. I was like, goodness. Um, but just just to like on the last thing I'd say about that in terms of like, I guess, um, pop music from from our scene, you know, look again, we we all have our opinions about. I personally, um, I don't really really listen to his music. Um, like you say, Kieran, the, the two singles that have come out. I actually haven't heard the second one. I need to listen to it. But the first, the, the first one that came out, it's not it for me. Um, but we've had. It's not, it's we, not it for anybody. I'm not, I don't mean it is. That was a part. That was a part. Sorry, I'm trying to make is that. I think that. We've had worse, there's been worse music um, from artists that have kind of like led the way, that have been the biggest name in the country. I'm not going to name names, I don't want to do Dizzy. that. Ooh. Sorry. Whoa, beat that piece Whoa, out. That's I said what I said. In. Let's get this shit. I, Let's get this shit. Who did you say? Who did you say? I, I said what I said. You have to listen back to hear that one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's if I remember to beef it. I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, I'm you definitely can, you can guess. So <laughs> you figure out what you want to figure out. I'm listening to this episode and beeping out every single time someone mentioned that name. Just for the meme. But do you get what I mean though? There's been there's been a few guys over the last, uh, what, let's say, uh, you know, 10, 15 plus years that have have like held that flag for, for UK rap and hip hop, been the biggest artist. Yeah. And it's and, been corny. Because I not... It, it, not the worst do you know what i mean mm. um so like i say I'm, I'm repeating myself now i think overall if you look at the different the different subgenres, the different influences the different styles we've, we've been in a good place and i think that it can only get better i have a good question and this will be a good question to close it on where do we currently rate the uk rap scene out of 10 now this is taking the us Ooh. out of account and you know whatever else biases you might have an honest critical kind of number score of the uk scene on a whole I'll start. Before, wait, wait, before, wait, before we do that, can we just, can I just say a few, like, just to like, this is completely relevant to what you said, yeah. yeah. Let's just, because we've got like a kind of list on that, the, the run-throughs that we do. So from a hip hop standpoint, we've got artists like Little Sims and Lil Kana. Grime, Kano and Getz. If I, if I miss anyone out, please say. Pop, you've got Stormzy, Dave. Uh, street rap, I don't know if that's the term you want to call it. Nines, Potter Paper. Mm -hmm. uh, Drill, Heady One, Diggity, Afro Swing, J Hus, Parsalu. Alternative, you've got um, Young Fathers, Slow Tire. And then from a more dance perspective, you've got the likes of MIA still doing things. Shy Girl is a, a new up and coming artist. The underground scene as well. I don't remember. I think they're called like, oh, I don't know what they're called. The people that made that Bar Simpson track, that they're underground, yeah. whatever that's That, that lo-fi kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, that, no, it's that's Lord, Lord Apex as well that deserves a shout out. Lord Apex is cool. Oh, but, Lord um, Apex is old. Yeah, but yeah, but still, they they deserve a shout out. But 
And then think and, about and shout out to like... all the smaller independent artists that we haven't even mentioned. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, there's cool. loads of you and your songs come and go. One I really want to mention is this guy called Mac M A K. He's got a song called Check that I really really like. He sounds like Rich Thirty Two a little bit. That might be a bit of an insult. I don't care. But I'm on a podcast. Yeah. Oh God. Well, he's, he might be a bit too big time for us. But <laughs> yeah. Um, but then let's think about look, albums like Hoodies All Summer. Sometimes I might be introvert. Grey area. Um, nothing great about Britain. Uh, big conspiracy. Common sense. Do you know what I mean? So I just want to like put those artists and those those projects out there. Con- um, conflict of interest. I'm missing out some. Um, now let's give our ranks. Mine's, <laughs> mine's a strong six point seven. Yeah. But the reason why I say that is is because we've got we've got some time to go. <laughs> Sorry, the point seven. <laughs> <laughs> you need to explain the point seven first of all. Because six seven, what? shout out six seven. Um, nah, joking. Um, just the point seven. The six point is because seven. I feel like we're not all the way there, and the point seven <laughs> is because the, of the of the shining hope that is the great artist among us. Mm. <laughs> you okay. stupid. I was expecting like a just a like a solid number. Nah, like, like, I'm going six... to the decimal point. You're not going to go to the second decimal. Six point seven three. Yeah, I said it. Kieran, do you want to go next? Um, I have quite a critical perspective. I, oh. I make music as well, and I'm just like, oh, these guys, what are they doing? So um, I Drop would say, oh, I'm, I'm working on one. Don't worry, Drum it's a rap stuff. one as well. Oh, well, you're rapping? I'm not, I, I'm not rapping. Well, I might on one track, oh. but I'm trying to I'm source some rappers. If, if we'll Kieran see. drops a rap track in the group, that means Sean is the only person left to not <laughs> rap in the group. I'd have to do something then, right? You have to do something. So, so I might back be like to the ring. Um, actually, you know what, Sam? Your rating is quite similar. I'd probably say like maybe like 6.5 because <laughs> I, I still need a bit more hope than maybe you're feeling. But I think, I just feel like there's, yeah, there's amazing artists in UK. I think we've had some like 10 out of 10 albums for sure as well. But I just feel like I'd like to see it being a more communal thing that we want to like make good music. And to be fair, that list we read out of the albums this year, I feel like all of them, if they did like a follow-up project, probably would like elevate as well. Mm. So I don't know. I, I think there's, there is potential but I just don't think we're in that like the the best it can be. Do you know what I mean? Like if if everyone was trying to make like a conflict of interest, for example, like that's that's definitely not the goal right now. So that that's why I'm rating six point five. Okay. Theo, have you got a number? Yeah, I'm just gonna give them a straight seven. I think I think okay. um, there, there's potential there and and the vibe's good and it's growing and uh, yeah. It's, okay. It's, it's, it's coming. I'm I'm thinking 7.5. I think we're somewhere between good and great. Wait, what what did you say? Sorry. (laughs) Westside Gun just came in. Um, (laughs) Yeah, somewhere between good and great, I think we are. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think especially some of these these, um, top albums uh, that have come out in recent years are going to, like, we already recognise them, but I think that Mm -hmm. five, ten years down the line will really be held in high esteem. But I, like I said, I think there is a real variety to the music that comes out of this country. Oh, so, there is. Yeah. There yeah. Is. So I, I'm, I think somewhere between good and great, I think we're in a healthy place and um, I think it's going to get better as well. I think also, even though I said don't compare it to the, to the US, the US has a lot more goats 
to carry their score higher. Do you know what I mean? They they got yeah. a lot, and, and the biggest goat of them all in their eyes isn't even from the US. He's from Canada. You see what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say? Mm-hmm. It, it's he's so, yeah, he's not even from the country. <laughs> they claim it's him true. like he's theirs, but he's not theirs, man. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I think I think we're in a good place, but it, it could definitely get better. Doesn't part like a little last thing I'll say is a little part of me kind of always wants the the UK to be a bit more uh what's the word? European? No, um I, I quite like the fact that we don't have a Drake or a Jay-Z. And that when when one of our artists, like when Kano puts out hoodies all summer, when Sims does sometimes I might be introvert, you feel like immensely proud. Where you're like, Yeah, you're from where we're from and and they're putting it out there to the world. And I, and I feel like if we did get to that point where we had Drake's and we had Kanye's and we had this and that, it then becomes like very much global and it's like not as much our thing. Does that make any sense or am I just- You don't want it to go global, do you? Uh, no, it makes a lot of, that makes a lot of sense. Hey, this is Sean. And thanks for listening to another episode of The Grey Area. Are you an upcoming artist, critic, journalist, or content creator? Hit us up on our Discord or in our YouTube comments if you want to share new music, take part in an interview, or are interested in collaborating. Links to these can be found in the show notes. Take care.